are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please check out my website, MillerThomas24, at myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lock on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we were playing our Spotify Green Room audio, recapping the D-backs weekend, Saturday game, Sunday game, and then talking a little Shohei Otani versus Vlad Guerrero Jr. for the MVP and my philosophy on who should win the award. So we got a whole bunch I want to talk to you guys about today, but don't forget to join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Let's first talk about actually Saturday's game because Saturday's game went more in the D-backs favor, of course, than Sunday's game because the D-backs Saturday night was able to get a win and they did that in extra innings. So it's always uh, it's always crazy, I guess, at this point in the season whenever you see a D-backs win because of how bad they've been the entire year. And they did go against one of the best teams in all of baseball in the Houston Astros. But the D-backs gave the Astros all they could. Arizona starter Humberto Castellanos was on the mound that day and he was just fine. He was just fine. Three runs, eight hits, three strikeouts in five innings. It was a very Castellanos type of star, if you want to say that. It was a very solid star. I think Castellanos has been solid this year for the D-backs. I don't think I'm looking at him as a long-term option, as a starter in the rotation or anything like that. I don't think he has that kind of upside, but maybe he could be a spot starter, long reliever for the D-backs going forward. Maybe how the D-backs viewed uh, a Taylor Widener and Alex Young, how they wanted to use those guys as long relievers, spot starters. Maybe that's what Humberto Castellanos could be. He has a 4.11 ERA on the season, so he's been fine. He's solid. He's not a bad pitcher. He hasn't gone shell. Taylor Clark and Alex Young were way worse than the Castellanos when they ever came into the game to pitch, so I'm not upset at all with Acastianos. The D-backs kept him around next year as a long reliever, as a spot starter, as I said. But, okay, he was fine. And from the offensive side Saturday night, we got to see some good things as well. Mostly not in scoring position because the D-backs were runners in scoring position Saturday. Two for 13. It, it was not their night were runners in scoring position. But even that... Being said, they still had 10 hits overall. They were still able to put six runs on the board, so they were still able to do some things. David Peralta scored on a fielding error by Guriel. Then Christian Walker had an RBI double. Paven Smith followed that with an RBI single to give the D-backs a 3-2 lead 
earlier in that game. That was all coming in the fourth inning. So the D-backs took an early lead, 3-2 in that game after Alvarez hit a home run in the first inning off Castellanos. But Castellanos really settled down after that. D-backs up 3-2 after four. And it was really a good bullpen battle after that. After Castellanos came out the game, the D-backs bullpen had one of their best performances by far of the season. D-backs bullpen threw five scoreless innings, which is not something we see a ton. And what made it even more surprising is you saw five different D-backs bullpen guys come into the game and have that combined effort for the team. And I was really shocked to see it. You saw Sittinger. He came into the game one inning, one strikeout. Taylor Widener has been moved to the bullpen recently, and he's been just fine out of that. He did give up two hits in his one inning, but at least he gave up no earned runs. Then you had a Mantipoli, a Wendelkin, a Tyler Clipper, and all those guys came in and gave up no earned runs as well. So a nice overall effort from the D-backs, but... The real story of the game, the game didn't really get exciting and turn up until we got to the extra innings, until we got to the 10th inning, because the D-backs offense actually came through in the clutch. Cole Calhoun was able to single to score at Ketel Marte, who was the runner on second in extra innings. Then Dalton Varsho smashed a home run, a two-run bomb to score Cole Calhoun, and the D-backs break it open in the 10th with three runs, and it was fun to see because Cole Calhoun Coming back off the injured list, I wasn't sure if he was going to make a return to the team this season because the D-backs do have a team option on him, so he could be a free agent. So with that being said, I wasn't sure if he was going to try to play it safe, basically miss the entire season, most of the season with injuries. Maybe he plays it safe in case he does go to free agency, doesn't want to hurt himself any further, doesn't want to damage his value because this was someone who was a 30 home run guy prior to coming with the D-backs and even last season if you extrapolated his numbers over the course of a full year he would have had another 30 plus home run campaign he was one of the best power hitters in the National League last season so I get it for Cole Calhoun a guy in his early entering his mid 30s you don't want to have to damage your season your your off season really your free agent value if you don't have to especially for a team that's way out of the playoff mix i would have understood if cole calhoun made a business decision to not want to come back and potentially damage his free agent value and i also would have understood if the d-backs didn't want to bring back a cole a cole calhoun toward the end of the season in case they wanted to bring him back for next year not damage him any further this season and to just let the younger kids play because play Cole Calhoun at this point in the season doesn't really add much value to the D-backs organization because you want to see what you got in the young guys and a Cole Calhoun takes away playing time for them and he might actually like he did last night win you a game which you don't want with the Baltimore Orioles owning the worst record in baseball you still kind of want to get that first pick if you're the D-backs so a Cole Calhoun doesn't help that area either so I was surprised to see him back at the end of the year but I am happy to see Cole Calhoun back in the lineup because it lets me know that maybe he does want to return next season and that he is a, a fan of the D-backs organization for wanting to come back at the end of a long injured hiatus to come back at the end of the season when the team is out of it as you're potentially entering free agency. I, I like that. I, I like Cole Calhoun making that decision. And I like the team making the decision to bring him back as well. So I like it from both parties' perspectives. 
And then Dalton Varsho just continues to crush another home run, capped it off the the go ahead two run bomb. I mean, Cole Calhoun already put the team up run one, already put the team up one run, but Dalton Varsho absolutely capped it off with his bomb. He's been crushing it like we've been talking about on this pod the last couple months. He's probably the most exciting D-back player right now to watch outside of a Ketel Marte, and I want to see Dalton Varsho over the course of a full season playing an everyday role next year. Now, we'll talk about Sunday's loss to the Houston Astros, but first, I want to tell you that BetOnline is back and better than ever because all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site interface and even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get back to our discussion. Talk about Sunday's game for the D-backs because this one was not as fun as it was Saturday. D-backs pull off the game in extra innings, winning 6-4 Saturday night. But the Houston Astros, I guess, were able to get their revenge Sunday night with the win over the D-backs 7-6. And the D-backs, I thought, were actually going to win this game after they were up uh, after they were pretty late, after they, the D-backs took that 6-4 lead in the 5th, they were going into the 8th with that 2-run lead. And I'm like, at this point, I feel like the D-backs might pull it off. Saturday night, we saw the D-backs bullpen have one of the best games of their season. They went 5 innings, gave up no earned runs, and limited the amount of base runners on the paths, too. It was a complete performance by the D-backs bullpen Saturday night, but Sunday night, it was almost a complete effort by the D-backs bullpen, but Sittinger, he didn't come to play for the D-backs, I guess, Sunday night because it seemed like he was playing for the Houston Astros by giving up three earned runs over two-thirds of an inning, and it was almost a complete game by the D-backs. Zach Gallen, of course, was not looking like the Zach Allen that we've seen in years past. This has kind of been the Zach Allen we've seen all season, the guy we saw today, because he gave up four earned runs. That's kind of been the story with Zach Allen. Between three and five earned runs has kind of been his sweet spot this season. Four, five, three, ERA backs it up, and he goes six innings. He's able to pitch a, a little bit deep into the ball game. I guess you want to say. The, big, the biggest positive from Zach Allen today, if you do want to pick out a positive, it's the fact that he struck out seven batters. That's something he's been having struggle uh, a struggle with in his last few starts. He really hasn't been able to generate the swing and misses. He hasn't really been able to strike out the opposing batters. And seven strikeouts today was at least one encouraging sign for Gallon today. The first inning really didn't start off for Gallon in his favor. Carlos Correa, after Gallon put on Altuve and Bregman, Carlos Correa hit a three-run bomb, which is just something you don't want to see. But 
The D-backs had Gallon's back offensively today. Paven Smith, Paven, had a home run in the third inning. And then in the fourth, you had a Carson Kelly single that scored to David Peralta. Dalton Varsho once again came through in the clutch. He scored a Cole Calhoun. Christian Walker single to score a Carson Kelly and a Dalton Varsho. D-backs go up 5-3 after the fourth. But Kyle Tucker, he doubled in the fourth inning. He gave back his team a, a, a run in that fourth inning, go down just 5-4. to four. But Cole Calhoun sacrificed fly in the fifth, scores another 6-4. So Dalton Varsha and Cole Calhoun both came up in the clutch, both came through in the clutch, I should say, in back-to-back games, both Saturday night and Sunday night. So I like to see that. The offense definitely... Was fun to watch with the young kids coming through with a Paven Smith, a Dalton Varsha, a Carson Kelly all making some noise. You still had a Cole Calhoun like we've been saying before. We haven't seen a ton of this season because of injuries, so it was nice to see him in the game get an RBI as well. Keto Marte just continues to crush whenever he's at the plate. I wish we would have seen a little bit more Josh Rojas tonight, but he did score a run. He did get a couple walks too, so great patience by him at the plate. And the D-backs, they end up losing the series to the Astros two out of three, but it was a very competitive series. They could have won Sunday. They did win Saturday, and Friday night wasn't. Uh, Friday night was a close game as well. So this whole series was close. And now the D-backs have to face the Atlanta Braves coming up in their next series. And that's an interesting one because like we've been saying with a lot of these teams, a lot of these playoff teams down the stretch, the D-backs can play spoiler because there's still a lot of things that are up in the air when it comes to the wild card and division races. And the Atlanta Braves only have one game lead, only have a one game lead on the Philadelphia Phillies in the NL East. So the D-backs can play spoiler by winning against the Braves. Looks like the Orioles might have the number one pick already locked up. Uh, it's still pretty early to say, but they've been losing at a pretty incredible rate. D-backs still trying to avoid the worst record in franchise history. They're currently at 48 wins right now. They need 52 wins to avoid the worst record in franchise history. 51 wins 51 wins ties it. So still a lot to play for if you're still a lot up in the air, still a lot to play for for different teams around the league. The D-backs can play spoiler or try to avoid that worst record in franchise history, but still a lot of moving pieces as we get closer to the end of the regular season. Now we'll discuss a little Otani versus Guerrero Jr. MVP and my philosophy towards that whole ordeal. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more delicious, and more improved than ever before. They have so many delicious flavors from coconut to cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies, and cream German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Built Bar is because it's healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I'm working out every day, but I have a sweet tooth. But it's okay because Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. Just go to built.com, use promo Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All 
All right, all right, all right. Now let's talk Otani versus Guerrero Jr. for MVP because this is a race that's going to be closely contested and debated as we move as we move toward the end of the regular season. This is one that's pretty 50-50 right now, I feel like. I know the odds might say Otani have it locked up, uh, but I feel like that's not the case. And a couple months of a couple months ago, I would have told you it's Otani's award to lose i would have called you stupid crazy silly if you picked anyone else than otani for mvp but i think i'm starting to come around to the idea that vlad vlad guerrero jr should be definitely in contention to win it and shouldn't be shouldn't be a surprise if he does win it because the Blue Jays are currently 84 and 65. They currently own the second wild card by game and a half over the New York Yankees. And I know people don't like to talk record in baseball, but I'm going to bring it up because I believe if the Blue Jays finish with a top two wild card spot, potentially number uh, potentially the top wild card spot i believe if vlad guerrero jr continues the pace he's been at recently and is the catalyst for the blue jays making the postseason i wouldn't be upset at all if you gave him the award now i'm not saying i would vote for vlad guerrero jr but when you look at the numbers the fact that he leads the league in runs hits home runs batting average obp slugging ops ops plus and total bases i think he has a pretty strong case as an offensive player now the thing that Otani has that's still very strong is he is a 44 home run guy himself. He does have a 954 OPS, 23 stolen bases, 94 ribbies, and of course he is the best starting pitcher on the Los Angeles Angels. He currently has 115 innings pitched, so no small sample size, and he has a 3.36 ERA, so he's been better than just average when he has been a starter this season, but Unfortunately for Otani, that hasn't gone his way is his team's record. They're currently fourth in the AL West at 72 and 76. But the great thing is about that is the Angels aren't one of the worst teams in baseball. They're not the fifth, they're not in fifth place. They're not like the Baltimore Orioles. They're not like the Arizona Dimebacks. They're not bottoming out. What the Angels are are a mediocre slightly competitive team they're average at best if you want to call them that yes they are fourth in the ALS but the Angels somehow finish 81 and 81 and finish with a 500 record it's gonna be that's gonna be something that does play into my voting for the MVP and maybe is a nudge in Otani's cap of course making the postseason is better than just finishing 500 but considering Mike Trout has missed the entire season. How bad the Angels have been this year. Their pitching still has sucked. Otani, of course, is going to be very deserving of the MVP for his offensive numbers and the fact that he's the best pitcher in baseball. So for me, it comes down to how the standings shake out. I think the standings will heavily influence who I think should be MVP. Now, you may think that is stupid or not the way uh, you may think maybe I'm playing uh, putting too much emphasis on the standings and maybe you think in baseball you shouldn't really look at record and and you think record's stupid in baseball and I think record is stupid when you talk about pitching statistics and pitchers winning Cy Young's based on the amount of wins they personally have but when it comes to 
the MVP award, the most valuable player. I still like the fact that Guerrero Jr. can lead the league in every, almost every offensive category and be the catalyst for his team making the postseason. I think that does matter. I do want to play a little narrative into the MVP award. I'm not saying a narrative in terms of like the LeBron James last season. He's been uh, in the league for 20 years. He's missed out on the MVP award at least seven times in his career, so we should give it to him that year. No. I'm playing into the narrative that the Blue Jays are riding hot. They might keep the Yankees out the postseason or the Red Sox. And this is a team that has kind of come from uh, out of nowhere, kind of is having a breakthrough season. And a lot of that is because of Vlad Guerrero Jr. having a breakout season. So with Guerrero Jr. having a breakout, coinciding with his team having a breakout, him potentially being the catalyst, the best player on a team that can make the postseason and We'll have a chance to make a deep run. I, I'm going to give Vlad Guerrero Jr. that nod. But on the reverse side, Shohei Otani, if he can get that piss poor Angels franchise to at least a 500 record and finally deliver on the pitching that the Angels have been lacking, the, the biggest reason why I hear Mike Trout is never on a good team is because of pitching. Well, the Angels have at least one good pitcher in Otani, and Mike Trout isn't there. And the fact that they're still near 500 record because of Otani, I think is pretty incredible too. So I need to see how the standings play out. And for me, the MVP award might just come down to do the Blue Jays take one of the top two wildcard spots or do the Angels finish with the with a 500 record? So I still need to see how this last dozen games is going to shake out in the MOB season to see who wins the MVP award in my eyes, but where it currently stands, it's a 50-50 race. I think you can definitely make the case for either. I know Otani had it locked up probably a month and a half ago, a couple months ago. It seemed like Otani was running away with it, but the fact that Vlad Guerrero Jr. has caught up in home runs and surpassed him and is leading in so many offensive categories with his team making a, a dynamic playoff push, I think he put himself right back in the thick of things. I'm going to love watching this Otani versus Vlad Guerrero Jr. MVP race as we end the regular season. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Don't forget, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm hoping to have one of the Lockdown Astros hosts on the podcast tomorrow. I have to hit them up. I haven't done that yet. So be on the lookout for that to see if I could pull it off. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces! <laughs>